Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Hold one, arm drag. Don't tell me! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hit the Books' review of NXT TakeOver War Games and Survivor Series 2019. I am your host, Ryan 19. With me, as always, is my friend, Mikey Manfredi. Mikey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm ready to talk about War Games and Survivor Series, uh, some of the big five pay-per-views, and the important thing, TakeOver. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll get a little bit of those intros and pauses out of the way, but... Uh, yeah, uh, a big show, one of those big five pay-per-views, of course, like you talked about. I, I watched all of it later than everyone else on a delay. I watched them both live. Um, thoughts and feelings about the weekend. Uh, we'll talk about the overall positives of t- War Games and you know and Survivor Series and then go match by match. But just, we'll, we'll, so we're basically, we're going to go big picture and get smaller by smaller. But uh, big picture, thoughts on the weekend. It was it was fine. Honestly, my whole thoughts on the weekend were it was fine. Mm-hmm. War Games was good. Well, War Games was great. Survivor Series was good at mm-hmm. worst. You know, so I don't know. I think it was all like all weekend. Fine. Not t- not awful. I would agree with that. I thought War Games was I thought War Games was solid. I thought it was, you know, good to great. And, you know, I thought Survivor Series was OK to good. You know, there was some stuff that was drawing. Um, there were a lot of things I like learned where it's just like, like people talk about how in WWE you don't, they don't make stars, right? Yeah. And I think it's interesting that like some stars were made this weekend. Definitely. But there's also like a thing about how like WWE maybe not make stars all the time, but when they leave Raw or SmackDown, they're like huge. Mm -hmm. They, let me make, let me make even more clear. They make they don't make stars. They introduce the world to these people. Yeah. If that makes sense. If that analogy makes sense to everyone. Got it. <laughs> yes, but Mikey, let's get into it. Let's start talking about these individual pay-per-views. We're going to start talking about what's some of the your you know, overall positives of Takeover War Games at Chicago, Illinois. Uh, there was a lot of positives. I think a lot of people came out looking great. Uh, we got big pops. We got, uh, character changes that were kind of needed. Um, and I think overall positive, lots of positive stuff. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there, I think a lot of positives with the show is just, it was consistently good. 
Um, there were some weak moments, but even those weak moments were good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it just, it showcased in the war between WWE, specifically NXT and AEW, I think this weekend, especially TakeOver War Games, went to NXT, hands down. <laughs> yeah, it, overall, the show, the thing went to NXT, but this this weekend was a good way of setting up NXT better for the future. You know, they talk about marathon versus a sprint. Mm-hmm. This is a good way. This weekend might have set up NXT as a brand. Hopefully, they don't need a hot shot some more main roster guys into the NXT, but, you know, this might be a good way to introduce more people to the broader scope of NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested by that at the very least. But uh, yeah, I you know, I thought it was positives. I think, you know, I would give it an A. Maybe. Maybe plus a lot of great things, especially for the women's division. I agree, I think with, the, the, I agree I, with an A. I think the women overall were the best part about I agree. NXT. I agree. Well, it was like, I know my favorite part, but... <laughs> was it the pre-show match? <laughs> Obviously. Um, no, yeah, I think to me the women's were the women were the best part of the show. Um, they were my big overall positive moment. If I had to pick one, mm-hmm. which we're only allowed to pick one, that's moving forward canon. We're one pick for overall positive. My pick would be the women. I think the women were gold golden stars. Yep, um, they were amazing. We'll talk about them more when we go match by match. But Mikey, oh, uh, what's one negative that he had from the weekend? One negative. Um, it's I, tough because it was overall good, right? Yeah, so. overall it was pretty good. That's why it's like overall negative. Honestly, having to last minute replace Johnny Gargano, mm. and the fact that during the Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle match. The only thing my brain can think was, how much better would this be if it was Balor versus Gargano? Not that it wasn't a good match. It's just my I couldn't stop thinking about, God damn, I want to see Balor fight Gargano. I mean, yeah, I agree with like the negative of it wanting to be Gargano, Gargano, however you pronounce it. But to me, the negative might have been actually Finn Balor in that regard. Similar in the vein of what you're saying, but like something about Finn Balor, just like I was watching this match. and It was just like it felt like there was just a lot of rest holds. And I get it. Matt Riddle is a submission guy, so he's going to do submission moves. But it was also like like just rest holds from Balor because he was doing more grounded stuff, being the heel and being against Matt Riddle. So... Gargano might have been a better matchup and maybe would have gotten a better showing out of Balor, but it was just felt like, you know, it felt like any sort of like good Raw or SmackDown main event to me. That's fair. So it, it was still a good match and the ending really hyped me, hyped me up more, but I was sort of down on it compared to other people and it was just sort of like, this felt like a good main roster, if you were, Raw and SmackDown, you know, main event. Yeah. That's that's how my that was my take on that's my negative about it. But again, we'll talk about it individual match by match. But yeah, Mikey, let's get into it. Let's talk start talking about those matches by matches. We're going to open up with the pre-show quickly. Angel Garza defeated Isaiah Swerve Scott on the pre-show. Of course, this was the first pre-show match ever for NXT. By the way, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I didn't see it. That's I fine. I, I got home too late. 
I missed the kickoff show, but I made the the main the main show. The main show. That's that's one all all okay in my book. Uh, I I watched it. I did watch it live uh, on the TV, the live stream. I thought it was good. I, I think I thought it was good. I'll just say right now, Mikey. I gave it a three and a quarter stars. Okay. Uh, on this bad boy, I thought it was a good match. Uh, I thought you know. Angel Garza, Isaiah Swerve Scott, two people that were introduced in the breakout tournament. They were able to showcase a lot of their good talent. Um, you know, and, and they put on a you know, good match. It was a solid good match. And, you know, I I thought Isaiah Swerve Scott's got st- something. He's got a little bit of a charisma, but I think he hasn't, like, tapped wholly into it. I think there's something still lacking. Maybe it's, like, an edge. Like, um, you haven't watched Lucha Underground yet, have you? No. I haven't gotten there yet. Um, but Isaiah Swerve Scott is in Lucha Underground. He plays Killshot. Okay. And Killshot was very interesting. And I loved Killshot because he always had that edge, right? So he, is, he was like a sniper kind of guy. Uh, former military sniper kind of dude. Okay. That wore a mask. So he was like kind of cool. But uh, it, it was like that. And it was just like he had this edge to him that, you know, he was still like he still was able to do these all amazing moves like Isaiah Swerve Scott can do, but Isaiah Swerve Scott has turned that edge into confidence, you know, swerve, that sort of stuff. And it's just like, it feels like it's lacking a little bit compared to that kill shot character that he used to play. And I just wish that he could maybe dive into that. Maybe not edge per se, but just like bring it out more. Maybe it's because he hasn't gotten the feud yet. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Him and Garza are two of those people that are just sort of like, you know, like Cameron Grimes, like a lot of these people that are just sort of like, they're the mid-card guys, low-card guys that like, we don't really know what to do with them right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, just, we're just sort of shuffling them around. But yeah, yeah. that's what I sort of thought. But let's get into it. Let's get into the main show, which was the first War Games match uh, for the women I'm sorry, ever. the first it, what? Uh, I think you actually need to do this one, Mikey. I think you served this more justice. It was the first War Games match. Yeah, there we go, baby. Of the night. Uh, it was Team Ripley, which was Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and the loser, I'll take that back, not loser, the betrayer, Dakota Kai, defeating Team Baszler, Shayna Baszler, uh, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. Mikey, thoughts on the first ever female women's War Games match? So we know before the match, Mia Yim got attacked and wasn't able to compete. Which now we're cr- all pretty sure it's with Dakota Kai. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would love if they were just like it wasn't her; it was someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly enough, um, but yeah, uh, I guess I'm going to start off with the big elephant in the room: Dakota Kai's heel turn. Mm-hmm. Very bold move for the captain of Team Kick, uh, which I guess is no more. <laughs> um, I guess that's right. I, I would I would like just calling her the captain. That's it. <laughs> Ooh, the captain Dakota Kai. The captain of NXT. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Okay, so Dakota Kai turning heel, I think it was very good for her character. I think it was a good build-up to it when she didn't get picked for the War Games team. And the only and I bet... And it was cool because I was thinking, like, wow, Rhea Ripley's probably thinking, like, why did I why did I say she didn't have that killer edge? Like, it's that line playing. It's like the Thor in Endgame where it's like, why well, should have gone for the head, you know? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, interesting. I, I, I didn't think about that as, like, she sort of got that Thor mentality of, like, 
She told Dakota Kai she didn't have any killer instincts, so she wasn't part of the team. And then Dakota Kai was like, oh, yeah, watch me. I was watching this moment with my girlfriend, and she was saying that, uh, like, why why is she attacking Tegan Knox versus Rhea Ripley? Oh, because Tegan Knox is the friend. Also, I think it's T- Tegan Knox because when Ripley was like, no, you're not on the team, Tegan Knox didn't fight it at all. Which is my response to her was I I don't know if you know I she didn't defend her in yeah she didn't step up for her friend and been like wait a minute now like there was nothing Tegan Knox mm-hmm. was like well that's it bye mm-hmm. well you can get two rivalries out of it you can get Tegan Knox rivalry and a Rhea Ripley rivalry out of it so yeah. two birds one stone uh, but about the match itself Mikey uh, what was your meatball rating what was your star rating on this bad one? my meatball rating for this was a four point seven five because this match was fucking awesome. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, four point seven five. I love it. Yeah, it, Rhea for, Ripley yeah, came out like, looking like a star and a half, my dude. Mm-hmm. Buck mm-hmm. wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was super into it. Uh, Rhea Ripley looked awesome. Uh, Candice LeRae looked awesome. Um, yeah, it was great. I I also thought this match was amazing. I said it was as good as the. NXT TakeOver New Orleans ladder match for the inaugural NXT North American Championship. Really? That's big praise. Was, that match was as good as that match was 5.0. Exactly. And that is why I gave this match 5.0. God, now I want to go back and watch that match. This, this match, watched, is, Mikey, watched, this is the f- I watched, first um, five stars I've given any match since we started this podcast. Wild. Yeah, uh, I thought this match was amazing. I thought it did exactly what it needed to do between Knox and Dakota Kai, showing, you know, making a 4 2 lead with Ripley over LeRae, um, and LeRae and Ripley getting the victory. I thought Ripley looked like a star and a half. LeRae also looked good, but obviously wasn't the star coming out of it compared to Ripley, because uh, Ripley was given more of those big moments, especially the I'm pinfall gonna, victory over LeRae. I'm never going to get over the line where she's like, you can't run away if you're stuck to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was sick that was Yo, absolutely Yo, Shirai sick did an amazing job of course doing the moonsault off the top Kaylee Ray and Belair held their own I thought they were a great part I thought mm-hmm. Kaylee Ray did a great job of just like selling that that, that poison Rana off the top rope by LaRae to by Candice LaRae to Kaylee Ray um, or just spiking Kaylee Ray's head onto the canvas I was like mm-hmm. that was brutal oh, yeah. to look at um and yeah i i yeah like i said five stars i thought this was a match of the weekend nice um I, it was just this match was so good this yeah. match was so good right. I'll I, take I, it. I could watch this match over and over again honestly mm-hmm. i love this match mm-hmm. let's keep moving along triple threat match to determine number one contender for the nxt championship at survivor series it was pete dunn who defeated damian priest and killian dane mikey thoughts i thought this match was great i loved it uh i was super into it uh I really like Damien Priest, actually. Uh, I came out, like, not really knowing who Damien Priest was at all because I haven't been really watching, like, NXT on USA because, you know, Dynamite. Um, But Damien Priest, to me, stuck out in this match, and I really really liked him. And I always loved Pete Dunne, of course, and Killian Dane's just awesome. He's just a big, big, scary monster dude that everybody needs. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he he played a great role in this triple threat. Um, and I think Pete Dunn coming on the top was the right choice. 
Totally agree. Pete Dunne coming out was, it was the obvious choice, really, you yeah. know, for showcasing the brand to the worldwide stage of Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Damien Priest, uh, yeah, Damien Priest is a guy you wouldn't, you don't expect to wrestle like he does, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. like you, you didn't really, you wouldn't really expect all those things. He's has, he's got a Luchasaurus vibe to him in terms of his, his size and his wrestling acumen. Mm-hmm. Um, Killing Dane, uh, you know, the solid mid-card brawler. You know, he's just he goes in and just becomes a hoss. You know, we're never going to expect Killing Dane maybe to have a title with him. Yeah. But, you know, he's just going to go in there and just wreck people up or whatnot, which is good, which is good, exactly what he needs to do. But I thought this was a good match. Um, I thought this was a solid match. I gave this match a... What did I give this match? I gave this match a solid three stars on this one. That was a solid good match. Yep. Um, I totally agree. Didn't blow me away. Completely made sense with Pete Dunn. Um, I love my favorite bit of this entire match was Dunn and Dane both down for the count. Priest just got a pinfall. Not pinfall, but uh, I believe Dunn or something. Someone kicked out of a pinfall. And then while Priest is like kneeling there, like breathing, Dunn like pats on his pats on his leg and then grabs his hand and then tries to go for a finger break, and Damien Priest just slaps his hand away. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, stop it. Hey, hey. This is a no. perfect tiny moment. Not talking <laughs> about on commentary at all, but it was just perfect, solid moment that I loved. Um, hey, stop it. No, it's my finger. Yeah, I, I think I think they have plans for Priest, and mm-hmm. I don't think this was the exact moment really for him to be showcased. You yeah, know. this match felt, honestly, this match felt kind of safe to me. It, it, just, it, I would be honest. Yeah, it did feel safe. It did feel safe, and I think they have plans for Priest, but obviously the more important thing was to get done over. I don't think... I don't know. Would this match... I don't know. If Johnny Gargano was still available, would this match ha- would have been a number one contender match? Maybe Balor Gargano would have been a number one contender? Maybe not. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good match. Pete Dunne getting the win. I thought it showed, showcased, showcased them all great. Mikey, let's keep moving on. Finn Balor... Defeated Matt Riddle in a singles match, 14 minutes. I gave this match, like I said, said it was still a good match, but I did give it two and three quarter stars. Yeah, I'm sticking um, with three. I thought it was it was fine. It wasn't like amazing. It wasn't it wasn't nothing though. Like it was nice. It was a good was solid that, like, match. It was this thing that you talked about where it's just sort of like this match. I don't want to say should. But this match definitely felt like it should have been better to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just sort of like, you know, I I wanted this match to be better. I wanted this match to be, maybe, like you said, maybe if Gargano was involved, this match would have been better. But it just felt like sort of rest holds. And we sort of talked about at the beginning. It's just, it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, or it might have been on paper. And maybe it's because Balor and Riddle maybe didn't really have chemistry or whatever the hell it was. But mm. to me, it was the lower point of the match, lower point of the card, I would guess. Yeah, it was fine. All right, well, let's keep moving along. We started talked about it already, but let's talk about the final War Games match. And that was, of course, Team Ciampa getting the victory. That's Tomasa Ciampa, Keith Lee. Dominic Dijakovic, and uh, I, I don't want to say returning, but a surprise fourth man of Kevin Owens, who ended up defeating the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle Riley, and Roderick Strong. Mikey, as a huge Kevin Owens fan, how big was your pop? Oh, my heart was so full. 
My heart was so very full. I was eating Taco Bell during this, and I almost threw my chalupa across the room. <laughs> oh my god! You, I, you, and you're a huge fan of Taco Bell, so this I was, was a like, huge. I was like in my brain, I was like, "Who is it gonna be?" It's like it can't be Gargano. He's hurt. I was trying to think of like the rest of the acts. I was like, maybe Alistair Black is making a return or something. Mm-hmm. And then I was sitting on my couch and I heard and I was like, <gasps> and I died. That's and he I'm came out in his original NXT gear. He came out doing the big heavy breathing thing he did when he was in NXT. He came out and he was like, <sighs> and he was like, he was like, like breathing really hard. He was in his OG NXT shirt with the tape, the KO tape. He, oh, it was awesome. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He had his original Titan Tron. Everything was just classic Kevin Owens, and it couldn't have been better. And then, of course, he gets in the ring and immediately takes a fucking Panama Sunrise onto the metal. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like that was his only big, big boy spot that he happened. Frog right? through a table. Uh, that's true, but he didn't get hit by that. He didn't go through the table. No, but still, that was but a he, crazy spot. <laughs> oh yeah, still a crazy spot. Yeah, I, I, Kevin Owens is a big surprise. Also, a lot of I love were... when Kevin Owens came in and they showed Adam Cole. And I was like, perfect. Oh, oh. Kevin, Kevin Owens and Adam Cole. Give me that great, ring of honor. Give me that. Great segment between Evans Owens and Adam Cole. Um, it was just great. It, it just felt like a PWG spot fest, which I'm a fan of. But it was just like it was just so good. No Dude. good table spots. But I gotta give I gotta give personal props to Tomasa Ciampa and Adam Cole. The level of trust that Adam Cole had to have in Champa, and that last spot—I was fucking terrified. Like, if you notice, Champa, you just got your neck fixed. What are you doing, my dude? But not only not only doing the spot, Mikey, but preparing for the spot. Like Champa put Cole on his on his shoulders, and then had to stand there for like you know ten seconds or whatever, however long it was to adjust his footing to stand like because it's you know the, to do that, the, that that drop that he does yeah he put him on his back and then like had to adjust his footing to prepare it because he was like in the middle of thing and then he had to stand on top of it so he had to stand up onto the thing a little bit adam cole the level of trust adam cole had to have in Ch- champa to just be like don't drop me don't drop me let's not fall early let's get this right don't and drop they, me and they I, got it right and it looked fucking amazing yeah it looked great. I thought it was a great match. Mikey, what was your meatball rating? I gave this one a four and a half because I gave it a four because the match was awesome. And then I gave it an extra point five because Kevin Owens was there. Fair enough. I gave this match a four. Uh, I, got, I, got, I got surprise Kevin Owens and my heart was a flutter. A surprise Kevin Owens is an automatic bump for you. Oh, yeah. These meatball stars. Um, yeah, I thought, you know, I thought. Surprise OG Kevin Owens nonetheless. <laughs> That's that's true. Yeah, the original Titantron as well is just oh, amazing. So cool. It was so cool. <laughs> well, yeah, great show overall. I thought, you know, I you know, like we said, top down great. Top down good to great. Uh War Games, baby. War games. God, shout out. Shout out to Willie Willie Riggs. <laughs> Willie Riggs indeed. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. That's a great idea. <laughs> Also, if you were really? thinking Johnny Gargano didn't get hurt, Matt Riddle would have been in Kevin Owens' place. That's true. And right? no, like, no, it was it. Donovan Dijakovic replaced Riddle. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The fourth man was always an empty spot. Oh, was it? Okay. 
Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. it was an. I thought I thought the original plan was Champa, Keith Lee, Dijakovic, and Riddle, and then Balor versus Gargano. But then since Gargano got hurt, Riddle had to move, so the spot was open. My bad. No, you're no, you're. I mean, you're good. That's. I mean, that's. I feel like that's a solid thought to have. But no, it was the fourth man was always a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. People thought it was Dream. You know, then they teased the Kevin Owens stuff. People also thought it could have been John Morrison. Yeah, Which, I thought I, I, my, my two thoughts. Were, I did not think Kevin Owens at all. My thoughts were like, it's got to be Dream or like Alistair Black or something, right? Like, it's got to be somebody big. Like, there was a point where I also thought Ricochet maybe. That could be fun. That could have been fun. I was like, it's got to be somebody who is either somebody like Buck Wild or someone who just recently left NXT. I also can't think about NXT without thinking about like how different stories could have been told or whatever, how different this card could have been if it was pre-taped, like if the uh, if they weren't live on USA mm-hmm. and had time to think about things. Yeah. Like I always think about that sometimes. Anyways, yeah. Mikey, let's get into it. Let's start talking about Survivor Series 2019. Also took place in Chicago, Illinois, obviously. Mikey, I'm going to preface this by saying I missed this pre-show as well. That's fine. I'll be honest, didn't miss much. But there were three pre-show matches. But before we get to that, Mikey, what was your one positive? Well, let's, start, let's flip it around. What's your one negative about Survivor Series? And I want to end on a positive note. But what's your one negative about Survivor Series this year? They couldn't just let NXT have it at the end. Oh. Oh. Okay. They just had okay. to... Look, I love Becky Lynch as much as the next guy, but like... Just let Shayna stand tall at the end, man. Just let her celebrate for NXT. I also wish I also. I missed I I really wanted Papa H to come out with the whole NXT roster and celebrate. Like like how we booked it. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I wanted Papa H to come out with the rest of the NXT roster and give hugs and then and him just be like NXT fucking rules. <laughs> he just pops hard he's just like he turns into a mark for his own brand um but instead we got becky lynch standing tall for whatever reason yeah we we talked about how it was sort of seems foolish. very it just seems very random it I, it doesn't seem random to me because they want to push becky as the, the you know i would say that she's the, but like the top dog but there is this element that, like, it was ironically funny that she lost the match, and then as she's celebrating, they show the graphic of NXT Raw with Raw one, getting win, one win, reminding yeah, like, us that just, she lost. I guess they wanted Raw to stand tall at the end because of that. I guess is the issue, but like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. My, it seemed weird. My one negative for Survivor Series this year was honestly. And I don't think it was originally, but I think it was moving the champions tag team triple threat match, Viking Raiders, New Day, Undisputed Era, to the pre-show. And, you know, producing it the way it was produced. I didn't see it, so that one's all, that one's all you. Yeah, we'll get to that. So I guess we'll get to it real quickly. So one positive uh, real quick. One positive. We'll do one positive. Mikey, my one positive will then be... Um, actually, I want you to go give me one, your one positive first. I, I think because we, we're going to take a minute to talk about my one positive. My one positive? Keith Lee, baby. Keith Lee, baby! 
Keith Lee came out looking like a megastar. Right? Right? It, yeah, people that have... People talking about, like, who's the... Who's Mr. November, right? Adam mm-hmm. Cole is Mr. November. Miss November is easily Rhea Ripley. But oh, November Jr. Down. November Jr., the little baby November. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Easy. Squeaking out the rest of November with an amazing showing in that Survivor Series encounter. Very good. Every, just everything about it was good. Keith Lee looks like a mega star and he deserves it. All right. Well, my one positive, Mikey, and the reason I want to take a moment to talk about this is that my one positive is not going to go to WWE, but going, I guess, into our hit the books randomizer. <laughs> our Mikey, God. we have to talk about this. No, you're right. We do. So WWE ended their night. Raw, one win. SmackDown, two wins. NXT, four wins. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And this was wild to Mikey and I, mainly because a couple weeks ago, we released our you know flagship show, Hit the Books, where we were doing realistic fantasy booking. So we have our own pay-per-view of Survivor Series, right? Mm-hmm. And so we booked the matches. And, of course, we have these cross-branded matches. And, of course, in these cross-branded matches, we have... Uh, this was, of course, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't have the actual date of when this when that match... But it was that, like... It was about two weeks before Survivor Series. Yeah, it was about two weeks like, before the Survivor Series. Like, the real Survivor Series. Um, and we booked the matches, and how we decided the results of it, because we couldn't decide about how NXT or Raw, really. We had the randomizer choose the outcome of that. Mikey, no joke. The randomizer decided two weeks before Survivor Series that Raw gets one win, SmackDown got two, and NXT got four. That's wild. We like li- like literally on the nose. We predicted it. The random. We didn't predict anything. Literally the on the nose. Our randomizer gave that to us. The randomizer. The exact outcome of the real NXT. Of the real brand overall scores our randomizer on the nose 100 percent correct what are the odds of that mikey i don't know man that's wild and of course it didn't get this and i was trying to think of like how to do the statistics statistics and like all the numbers for it because it's tough because it also didn't it didn't get the individual name and like matches correct it just got the overall score mm. like it didn't get like for but yeah, example, we, we didn't end up with like Baszler versus Lynch versus uh, Bailey. Yeah, and be and you know because of how our show's booked, we did get know, Baszler and Lynch though, which was interesting. We, yeah, we got that cur- per, uh, personally correct, uh, but even then, Baszler is on SmackDown, so that was a win for SmackDown. Um, you know, uh, but even so, like we can't, we couldn't get the individual matches correct for obvious reasons, but we got the overall match score correct. Mm-hmm out of seven matches. And this isn't the first thing we've that's happened on our show. That's been a very big coincidence. We've had sure, what was several it for Summer, times. What was it for SummerSlam? We booked that submission match. Yes, we booked this with Natalia Charlotte Flair in a submission match that happened in Except real life. Ended up being, no, in real life, it ended up being Natalia Becky. But yep, it was still a submission match, which was like weird. that involved Natalia. Yeah. Um. There, there were several moments last year. There, there. I, I would love a supercut of that, but there was just 
so many moments that our randomizer got correctly over the year or us we had this running tagline that like you know we're we're there's a there's a, one of us is a WWE stooge or there's a stooge listening to us. Somebody, there's there's writing. somebody inside WWE listening to this podcast. Whatever the, the case Listen. may be. And if you're listening to this review of Survivor Series right now, who if you're the if you're the inside WWE guy, DM us, hit us up. We won't we won't we won't write you out. We promise. I just want a free T-shirt. We just we just want to know who you are. That's we just want to know about. what's up. Is it Gabe Sapolsky? Let's talk. Let's let's have let's have a nice talk. Is it Road Dog? <laughs> but it, it's just there are random. What are the odds out of seven possible matches? Or not seven match, possible matches. Seven matches. It got one hundred percent of the correct outcome. We promise we'll keep you anonymous. Yeah, it's just it, it that blew my mind last night thinking about it, and it was just like the fact that that existed is. Yeah insane and, 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 I, and I, we're not we're not hyping ourselves up it's just the fact that like the thought went into wwe presumably to have like oh then xt wins that and then this is the final score we randomly picked that the randomizer at randomly first, decided at, that i would say at first too we had just it was four to two to zero and then our randomizer picked that we had to add a match which then our randomizer picked that raw one to give them that one point it it fixed so itself. Like that, that one point for Raw had to go through two different randomizers. It picked itself. Mikey and I both rolled the randomizer. I got, I don't remember who it was. You got it, I got it. We got the thing that was like, add a match. Mm-hmm. We added the match. Randomizer decided, Raw won that match. To what get the, are the one freaking point. odds? It fixed itself. The odds of that happening on top of all of it are insane it's, it's buck wild honestly i don't get how how it happens it, i i it's a god the randomizer is a god and it, it is confirmed we joked that it's it's a god it's a joke that it's you know this thing that we have to praise the statistical odds of that happening are so slim that it is insane that that is the outcome that is what happened i totally forgot that it fixed itself too mikey like yeah it fixed its own problem. And it did not only get it correct, but it was like, oh, we're missing a match. Here, add another match. Okay, and Raw wins it. It's wild. It's just wild. It blew my mind. Blew my mind. Um, phew, Jesus. Mikey. I, I, it, Jesus. <laughs> Blows my mind still. Yeah. Blows my mind still. Okay, well, let's get into it. I'm going to run down real quickly because, Mikey, of course, you didn't watch the pre-show, so I'll... Talk about what happened on the pre-show. Pre-show was Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode winning uh, the 10-team interbrand tag team battle royal, um, last eliminating the Street Profits. Then there was the interbrand triple threat match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, where it was Leo Rush able to retain his title against Akira Tozawa and Kalisto. And then it was the Viking Raiders who defeated the New Day and the Undisputed Era in a champions triple threat tag team match. Mikey, my quick thoughts about that were... Battle Royal was, I gave it one and a half stars. Miss skippable, easily skippable. Okay. You know, you see it. Nothing really right. exciting happened in it. You know, the NXT, even the NXT teams that were in it, it was like the Forgotten Sons. It was like Brizongo. 
it was like um it was no one of import you know mm-hmm. the tag team scene in nxt right now is probably not that good especially since viking raiders left street profits left undisputed era are the tag team they need to build up their tag teams and they need to desperately do that soon yeah um leo rush obviously made sense i i gave this match a what did i give this match i give this match two stars um one thing i picked up on this match is that the crowd was completely dead it felt like and it mainly because it was empty crowd and they were getting there a little bit but i thought there was some interesting parts with tazawa and kalisto sort of working together against nxt which sort of sent the mold for the rest of the night mm-hmm. um uh but there were moves that like kalisto were doing that did not get a pop from the crowd but there were moves that ray phoenix has done on aew that got pops and just go to show them. And it really what showed me was that like WWE is not cool. AEW is cool. And I don't <laughs> want to talk about like AEW AEW's too much as hell guys. But like Phoenix does a move, big pop. The crowd loves it and everyone loves it. Kalisa does a move on the pre-show. Same exact move. Doesn't get anything. Cause no one cares. No one cares. And it's not like it's the book. It's not, it's just how they're booked. It all comes down to how they're booked. It comes down to booking. It comes down to just like overall excitement levels. Like, I mean, it's just like whatever. It's like no one cares. It's on the, it's on the pre-show, so it's like no one cares. Um, and then the champions triple threat tag match. People, some people like this match, um, but I gave this uh, one and three fourths match of uh, one and three fourths. I said it was actually a little bit worse than the uh, NXT cruiserweight match. Yikes! My big disappointment, like I said before was that this was uh, relegated to the pre-show. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was relegated because they need more time in the actual main card. Maybe it was because they weren't clicking or whatever. And it wasn't produced to be a good match. But I thought this match was not great. Nothing excited me about this match. New Day did a cool spot. Undisputed Era are tiny. Like, them standing next to Kofi Kingston, I was like, Jesus, they're tiny. Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley. And that, that's something that the entire night, NXT is just a tiny brand. Damn. Compared to everyone else. It was just like, everyone else are giants compared to NXT people. But, it, you know, nothing really excited me about this match. It was just sort of like on, and I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, you know, it was just like a, it was a match. I didn't really get excited about it. Some people loved it, and I was just like, Maybe I think part of it was also like no one was hyped about Undisputed Era. Also, counterproductive of the Kalisto stuff I talked about earlier was just like Undisputed Era at War Games, huge pop. Here, mm-hmm. didn't felt like anything new. Um, yeah, and they also didn't really Undisputed Era. I'll be honest, didn't really do much in this match. Um, they were fine, but like the entire match was like I expected more. I think the problem is I expected more out of this match than what was given to us. Gotcha. But yeah, that's my thoughts on the pre-show. I thought the pre-show kind of sucked. Easily skippable, so Mikey, you did not miss out on that. Let's get into the main card. Main card starting with the 5-1-5-5 Women's Survivor Series Triple Threat Elimination Match, where the winners were Team NXT. Mikey, thoughts on this? Uh, This was a good match. I enjoyed it. Um, It was completely fine. I like Rhea Ripley pitting Sasha Banks. That's huge. Um, Yeah, I I liked it a lot. I gave this match two and three-fourth stars. 
good match, you know, solid. It was okay, good match. Um, the Candice LeRae, Io Shirai stuff was sort of like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Why why do they go out any different between Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair? Yeah. You know, what? Why? Why them? Not Bianca. And they just came back later, and they were fine. They yeah. probably did, they probably didn't even have to leave the match in the first place. If they like let them sit all off this to the side for like five minutes, they'd have been like, all right, let's fight again. Yeah, now it's also a little bit confusing. Team Raw, there's they're setting up the Oscar Flair, Tyree Sane stuff. Yeah, Sarah Logan showcased a little bit of it, but it was it was okay. Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks did great. Uh, Nikki Cross, a little bit. Lacey Evans, all these people are sort of okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I think it was also like a five on five on five match. They're doing setting up and doing all these things. It's hard. The Survivor Series matches are hard books. And add on five extra people than it usually is, even yeah. harder. Um, and I think doing that hurt the matches themselves. Like, I think this weekend was mostly used to put over NXT, right? Yeah. But I think because of doing that, like this match or a lot of the other triple threats, it sort of hurt the matches quality because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only do so many triple threats to spots. Uh, but I thought it was good. I thought Ripley getting a win ended, you know, the Miss November week that she's been having. Mm-hmm. She's pinned Banks. She's pinned. I don't she know if pinned she pinned Banks. She pinned Baszler. She pinned Flair. Mm-hmm. She had a match against Becky. I don't think she pinned her because I think that got interrupted by Baszler. But, you know, it was good. It was a good. The, Rhea Ripley is the star. I do want to talk about that, Mikey. Of all the women that are on Team NXT, the person that WWE has chosen to push as the future star is Rhea Ripley. Which is I'm good. Not, which is good. I'm not saying that's a bad choice. I'm just saying that I'm just interested that the fact that they chose her over Bianca, over Candice, over EO, and over Tony. I like that Tony was in this match because I love Tony. Oh, me too. I love all of these women. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think it's just interesting to me. Like, there, there's something, and we'll talk about it, the men's match. Oh, my God. We'll talk about it definitely in the men's match. But there's something like to be said that like WB has chosen Rhea Ripley as the future person and not Candace, not Bianca, not EO, not Tony. You know, mm-hmm. they chose Rhea. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that's interesting. That should be noted. Yeah. You know, of all those women, they've decided like, no, not these people. And maybe it's because everyone else has sort of already had like had their stuff outside of WWE. They don't need to. But like, I just, yeah, interesting. I just like, think that should be noted. Yeah. I agree. Let's make, keep moving along. Mikey, what was your meatball? Oh, you, you you were three on this, weren't you? Yeah. Let's keep moving along then to the triple threat match with the mid-card title people, which was Roderick Strong defeated AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Mikey, thoughts on this match? Uh, this match was solid. A lot of good spots, a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, everyone looked. Everyone got their chance to look good, and I like Roderick Strong getting the sneaky victory. Yeah, I agree. Completely good match. I thought the finish was really great. You know, Roger Strong getting the roll-up on Nakamura, stealing it. Not Sorry, not the roll-up, but stealing the victory away from Styles. Yeah, Styles had uh, that phenomenal forearm, and then uh, Roger Strong stuck in the ring and was like, nope. <laughs> I think this match... I, thought, I think this match was really, really good. I, I think some people maybe... Ha- I think part of... I, I, by some people, I think I also me. I think my expectations were a little bit too high for this match. Mm-hmm. It was still really strong. I think my expectations thought I'd be like five star classic, 
Yeah. Which I think is partly like the internet sort of hype machine. But this mm-hmm. match is good. This match is really, really good. I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah, I'm about the same. It just for some reason my brain going into this was like, this would be the match of the night. This is gonna be the beautiful baby boy of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't, but it was still a great match. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the match tonight for a lot of people, Mike, and maybe for us as well. And that was Adam Cole defeating Pete Dunne to retain the NXT Championship. Mikey, thoughts on this? This was definitely my match of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two competitors are just amazing. They're both incredible in the ring, and I think everyone knew that this match was going to be great. Because <laughs> Pete Dunne's great, Adam Cole's great. <laughs> let's talk about that that finish. That the, reversal into the Panama Sunrise to the last shot. Fuckers. Oh, oh, my God. And we also props for Adam Cole for the past several months, right? Yeah. Adam Cole's this been on a was, tear. By tear. I mean, he has a broken wrist. He's wrestled Brian. He's wrestled Rollins. He's he's had a ladder match on NXT. He's had um, the War Games match. And then he had this match. Don't have him wrestle for a little bit. Let him heal because he's done his time. He he's done his a work. Break. He's he deserves a Let little bit of rest. I was like, oh my god, Adam Cole. Also, has well, we been didn't a we man. didn't talk about in War Games last night. Not that it's important, but they did show Britt Baker. They anyway. did. Uh, apparently, that was an accident. Uh, That's, that makes it so much better. <laughs> according according to Triple H, he did acknowledge that. Uh, according that to Triple makes H, it so much funnier. Uh, the 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 that was not meant to happen. They didn't mean they didn't want to showcase Britt Baker. Somebody probably thought it was a concerned fan. Exactly. No, that's exactly what the the thing said. They said uh, I knew that I knew it. The camera I knew that guy had to be the case. The camera guy just wanted to find the most concerned face in the entire crowd, and it just happened to be Adam Cole's girlfriend. Exactly. Uh, and Triple H actually said that he's like worried that that might put her in an awkward position at AEW didn't, and didn't mean to do that. I thought to myself, like, no, what an AEW wouldn't care. <laughs> like, yeah, like, right? oh, they, cool. Dude, this is dude. This is the shit they want. They're like, oh, we got what? Oh, they showed one of us on uh, WWE. Perfect. Cool. The Internet. Our, our fans would love that. Exactly. It's like exactly what they would have wanted. And they're like, and they're not going to be upset about her for Mario Ronaldo even said, even called her out too. like, they yeah. didn't call her out. But like when, when she came up, he's, he's like, that's Adam Cole's girlfriend, Britt Baker. And it was like, Whoa. Yeah. It's just like acknowledge it. I mean, AEW is not going to be upset about that because it's like, okay, cool. People may know who she is as a wrestler and stuff. They didn't talk about it as a wrestler, but they're like, cool. They know that. But also, like they okayed of her social talking about it on social media, you know. Yeah, having, like just like they were okay with Renee Young talking about John Moxley's match. Yeah, that it's was like they. I, don't, I still, I, I still feel bad for Renee after that. Yeah, oh my god. Uh, let's keep moving. On. Okay, so Adam Cole <laughs> he Dunn, owes her an apology and some flowers in the dinner. Adam Cole P. Dunn. I thought this was a great match. I gave it four stars. Yeah, um, I gave it. I gave it uh, four point two five. I thought it, it it was good a little bit in the beginning, and then it really picked up by the end at that finished sequence. Oh, so good. Oh, my God. It was so good, baby. It was so good. Adam Cole winning. Right decision? Yeah, I think so. Who do you think is going to take the title from Adam Cole? From That is a big question. And why is it Shorty G? 
I think it's going to be Dream. Velveteen Dream? Yeah. I would agree with that. I, I don't see Gargano having He hasn't, having he hasn't it gotten again. his time with the NXT Championship yet, Velveteen Dream, and I think he he's going to get it soon. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a certain... I, I think 2020. There's waiting until 2020. Yeah. The new year to come. Um, There's not going to be a, a takeover at the Royal Rumble weekend. There's going to be a Worlds Collide. Mm-hmm. That could always have Dream win again and then challenge for the NXT title. Yeah. At for the at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. yeah, at WrestleMania weekend, but whoever it is, I I think whoever is going to win the title from Cole, it will be at that WrestleMania takeover. Yeah, in was it Tampa? Takeover Tampa. Mm-hmm. Takeover Champa. Takeover Champa. Ooh, there's something there. <laughs> start start working on your graphics. Takeover um, Champa. Takeover Champa. No one will survive. <laughs> yeah, and, and then just like a hurricane happens. <laughs> Fuck, that's a dark joke. Anyways, Yikes. speaking of dark, um, Fiend Bray Wyatt defeated Daniel Bryan in a 10 minute match to retain the WWE Universal Championship. Mikey thoughts? Nah. They give these guys 10 minutes. For a universal title, NXT Championship had 14 more minutes than them. Eh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Actually, on the main card, Mikey, well, I guess it's not a surprise. I take that back. There was there were Survivor Series matches that happened here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, thoughts on this match, Mikey? Nah. Fine. Which is, you know what? It's, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say something here. Uh, it was it was meh, and that really fucking sucks to say because it was the goddamn it was goddamn Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan. That match should have been a banger, and it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, that match should have easily been five meatball, but it was not, and that sucks. What do you think is the issue with that? Like, <sighs> like I'm thinking about it. And it's just like. The fiend, I think, I think such a that, cool, the fiend is I, such a cool concept, right? And, and mm-hmm. the Firefly Funhouse is such a cool concept that we all loved. And then once we got the fiend against Balor, it was awesome. He's attacking these legends and everything. But then once he's going for the title, and then like we see the the red light gimmick is his own thing. But in the match matches themselves, there's something it's it's missing right it's like something's not clicking or something i don't what, what do you think about it's that, something yeah it doesn't click as well as it did in that finn balor match like something wasn't there like in that finn balor match it was awesome that match was sweet like the first fiend match was sick everyone was so behind him and it was like they cannot fuck this up and then they threw him right into the title picture and fucked it up that was the one thing they shouldn't have done i think thinking about it it's just like the fiend needs to be domination, right? Like he needs to dominate the foes, and that's why the Finn Balor match is like, so dope. Yeah, it can't be like uh, it, it has to problem, be somebody. It has to be somebody like really, really big for it to be like a match, match, right? The problem with Fiend overall, honestly, is the fact that the Fiend is a character that also like no sells sometimes. Yeah, like those like the yes kicks where you just kept getting up. Hmm. Or the the stomps and everything, and then after the Hell in a Cell victory where the disqualification happened, the Fiend just got up. Mm-hmm. The Fiend like no sells like all the time. So it's like, why do? What are all the rest of these moves doing to him if he's? It feels like every move should just bounce off of him, right? Like it's like, why do some moves work and other moves don't? 
Well, there's this. I, I my head canon is that like some moves work, but he's just like faking it to draw in the opponent even more, mm-hmm. and then just like, oh, I'm alive, and then destroy them. But like, like, so like, I think that hurts more than it's helping. Yeah, and I think that's by continuously doing that, it will continuously making subpar matches for the fiend. Because then it's also like, if that's the case, I just don't think he needs the title. I just think he'd he be doesn't. way better without the title. I like the character would be so much cooler if he just wanted to hurt people. Like he doesn't need the belt. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. And it was just way too rushed. And I feel like his title reign isn't. There was just a way to get the universal title to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's also something to like the thing about like. Who's going to beat The Fiend? We're talking about Adam Cole. Who's going to beat The Fiend? The way they've been booking it, I have, Fiend's going to have it forever. You just know sells. It's got to be like Brock or somebody <laughs> at this rate. Brock or like a Demon Finn or something. Which de- Finn's in NXT now. I don't expect that to happen anymore. No, you're right. No, you're right. I forgot about that. Like, <sighs> is there anyone on the horizon that could do it? Like NXT that could get called up? I don't know. It's gotta it can't be, be Brock that, though, because Brock's on the other brand. Brock's on Raw. It's got to be someone that will just like destroy them. Like I don't know. It, like I think they've written themselves into a corner. You know what? Oh no, Alistair Black's also on Raw. Alistair Black could be cool. I'm about to say because it's just like he feels like I feel like he knows about stuff like that. You know, he's got like the the knowledge of the darkness. Mm-hmm. So that could be th- something he can use to defeat. Then again, we're putting the universal title on Alistair Black. <laughs> yeah, I no, would. It's just the same. I mean, yeah, but it's just going to, I don't know. It's weird. It's hard. They back themselves into a corner by putting him in the title to picture too fast. And now it's like, who's going to beat him? Who can it's beat t- him? Title Nobody. too fast. And the way the matches are done. Yeah. Back into a corner. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, but let's keep moving along, Mikey. Uh, oh, what was your meatball rating on that match? I gave it a two and three fourths. Yeah, same. All right, well, let's keep moving along to the men's Survivor Series triple threat match. A lot of discussion about this match. Team SmackDown ended up getting the win. Mikey, I gave this three and a half stars, but let's talk about it. What were your thoughts on this match? I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was mostly good. Uh, there were some weird things, like Walter. Uh, he got a little bit buried in this match, so that sucked. Yeah, I'll, I'll go my diatribe. Yeah, he. Yeah, I'll let I'll let you do that because yeah, you no, have conti- to continue. Say. Yeah, continue what you're saying. I'll I'll, um, get to, I'll prep myself for Walter. For Walter. Yeah, well, that was weird. Um, overall, though, I thought it was good. Uh, the last five minutes were insane. I just want Keith Lee and Roman Reigns to fight forever. Uh, and it's it's crazy how how much we forgot how good Roman Reigns is because of how much he was shoved down our throats, you know? Mm-hmm. And everyone had this innate hatred for Roman, but like, Roman's good. Roman's good as hell. The problem is that once they start... Once Roman Reigns gets into the WWE t- Championship title picture, and I guess that's the argument they're trying to make, is that Roman's going to be the one that to take down The Fiend? Maybe. Probably. 
that's like, gotta be the payoff here, right? If he's the one that takes down the fiend, people are gonna be like, "Oh, it's gonna go back right back to what it was." Yeah, WB fans have gone. WB has oh, it's taught Superman its fans. Roman. WWE has now taught its fans that like whoever is being pushed as the big top guy is being is being shoved down your throat, and we should hate them. Which is a big a galaxy brain. Like maybe we should not think do that. But yeah. uh, thoughts about this match, Mikey? I I thought it was good. We're talking about star making things. Same thing of Rhea Ripley and Adam Cole. Keith Lee. That was that. That was a star making performance out of Keith Lee. Um, I didn't like this match in terms of its eliminations. A lot of the time, the way they eliminated yeah. people were kind of like ridiculous donkeys. And yeah. I mean, Roman Reign and Baron made sense a little bit. Um, but there's also a count out. <laughs> yeah, that Braun getting counted out was weird. That made no sense. Uh, I guess they wanted to protect Braun, even though there's really nothing to protect anymore because they buried him already. Yeah, Braun, he's, we all know he's going to have a comedy spot at WrestleMania this year again. So I'm saying. Cares. I don't care about Braun because he he had so many opportunities to get the Universal Championship failed every single and time. And they still try to build him as this big monster, and it's like no, no. Like it, he, like he tagged him with a kid two years ago. He fought he an SNL guys. He was, guys last he was in a year. feud like, with SNL writers last year. Like what? Like why? Why should I believe this guy is still a monster? Like what? Where? Why? Yeah. Like Speaking I get monsters. it when he was like throwing Kevin Owens off tops of steel cages and putting him through tables and picking him up and like porta potties and throwing him off the stage and shit he's a comedy monster or when he was punching through ladders yeah he's a comedy monster he's just there for the comedic like like monster stuff sort of things mm-hmm. but speaking of monsters let's talk about volter the only champion in this match nxt uk champion walter eliminated pretty much right away the first person eliminated mikey very it's made me very upset <laughs> Yeah, and his and his signature thing wasn't even as good. Like his chops that he does were not as good as uh, Drew McIntyre's chops. Yeah, that, there were several issues with the match, and I took a lot of thinking to think about Walter and his purpose in this match. Walter's chops did not look as good. McIntyre Walter had was just a weird addition to me to the team. That's true. Honestly. They were, but they wanted to showcase UK, right? They yeah. wanted to showcase the UK a little bit. They got but Tony still, Storm and the other one. Bring in bring in someone like there's gotta be somebody i guess walter's the biggest name there so i can't really no, say i mean it, pete used, it, would be, it would be pete dunn but yeah i mean it could be tyler Bate. i would have taken that over walter honestly yeah maybe more believable <laughs> him getting yeah, it, it, that's quickly. why it seemed it seemed weird that he joined the team especially when he's like in part of imperium and it's like he's supposed to be better than all these people why is he like yeah i'll team up with you like that just seems odd walter's your old school heel wrestler right he's got mm-hmm. these insane chops and everything else yet in this match he was showcased as just really another guy he his chops were not that good mcintyre gave him his chops so hard that walter's chest bled yeah that was um, like his like when mcintyre had a chop i was like oof i can't wait for walter's response that walter's response was like yeah nothing not much nothing and then he gets eliminated and i'm sort of thinking about like is louder i'm sort of thinking about like just what is walter's purpose in this match or lack thereof and i was thinking about like let's and and the lot of stuff is keith lee was the one that was chosen out of all these people to get that big 
star making performance, to, right? To me, it was like I was like, oh, Walter's the big guy. Then I was like, no, but Keith Lee's in this match. Keith Lee was a big guy, but Keith That's Lee can saying. do more high flying moves, and he's the one that apparently impressed, allegedly impressed Vince McMahon the most. So yeah, I was thinking about that, thinking about he's all big. those things in conjunction, and he's so big, exactly, and he can do lucha moves, perfect. Oh, um, look at that big man fly. <laughs> it's such good shit. Bro, I was thinking about all those things in conjunction. I was thinking about, like, here's the thing. NXT, especially NXT UK, needs Walter right now. Walter cannot get called up to the main roster or whatever. I don't know if we're going to do that anymore, but Walter cannot get called up by any means necessary. He is needed in NXT. He's needed in NXT UK. He cannot get called up. Keith Lee can honestly be called up tomorrow, and we'll probably be all fine with it. I don't think he's the one taking down Adam Cole. I don't think he's going to maybe win the North American Championship. He could. Maybe he can win the tag titles with uh, Dijakovic. Mm-hmm. But Keith Lee is good. Damian Priest, they're still. I think they're brewing something with him, and I don't think he's ready enough for the main roster, and I think they know that. Matt Riddle and Ciampa, they're ready probably for the main roster, but they're already over. Matt Riddle got a spot where he pinned Randy Orton, a legend. Ciampa was second to last, and he got a lot of, you know, he had a lot of stuff in this match. Keith Lee, he was a star. They chose him as the star of all people, not Walter. Walter was the first guy. And I'm partly, and this is a conspiracy theory to a certain extent, but we don't want to get rid of Walter because Walter is desperately needed in this, in this show, you know? Yeah. He's the big monster heel in NXT UK. They, they can't have him. They can't have him lose. And he's a champion. Like he is the, he's the guy people need to aim to beat. And if Plus, he's not there, then who will it be? Plus, if you're Walter and you're you know for a fact that you're going to be in here for like three minutes, why hit hurt your hand so much chopping these fools? He didn't even chop them that well. No, but as I'm saying, why should he chop them that well? He's only going to be in there for three matches. He's not going to be showcased in any capacity and to make him actually look good. Just do your best. Do your do your moves. Do your moves, and hopefully, I get to enough room in the door to be like, oh man, maybe I'll be interested in NXT UK. This watching Walter did not make me interested in NXT UK. You can maybe say the same thing about Tony Storm. They didn't make they did not make me interested in NXT UK. What made me inter- interested in NXT this weekend was Rhea Ripley and Keith Lee, yeah, and probably right. Adam Cole and Pete and Adam Cole. Realistically, yeah, I'll tune into NXT USA for those people. So I guess we'll see where we go with that, Mikey. What was your what was your rating on this match? I gave this match a three. That was fine. Okay. Let's move into another match, which was the anyway, no the holds- next match, the women's, the women's survivor series match, <laughs> because I refuse to talk about the Brock one. Oh, okay. That's the bit we're going for. You don't want to talk about the Brock one. Well, I'll talk about the Brock one, Mikey. If you, why don't Fuck you want to Brock. talk about the Brock Fuck one? Brock Tell Lesnar. me about it. Fuck this whole. No, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio got zero stars. Fuck them. Not Rey Mysterio. Fuck Brock. I'm done. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm over Brock. I can't. If listen, I'm done. I can't. I can't anymore. I absolutely cannot. That's it. You change your name to Peter because I can't. Because I'm done. Exactly. Pete Dunn. <laughs> you're you're over Brock Lesnar. Uh, you're over Brock Lesnar winning a match. Can't retain a WWE championship. I'm just over him. His stupid part time championship runs. I'm done. That's so stupid. Like it's it, it ruins. It makes the championship feel like nothing. It cause it takes away from the championship so much. 
Always. And it's always the same fucking story every single time it gets a new challenger. It's like, challenger comes up, challenger gets beat up by Brock, challenger has some sort of weapon, beats up Brock with it, like Seth was the chair, Rey Mysterio was the pipe, like... Like and then it's like during the match they're getting beat up then they punch Brock in the dick and they come back and then Brock ends up winning anyway like it's the same thing every time. It's like the same fucking and he gets formula. Punched in the dick. And <laughs> it's the same formula for every single Brock match. Like it's so annoying. I'm done. Like it's like I know I'm gonna keep saying it, but I'm just done. I like this match. I gave it three and a quarter stars. Uh, no, I I, that... I'm not. I'm not. No hate on you for liking this match. You do, you man. Personally, <laughs> no. Personally, I'm just trying to be the foil here. Nothing against Rey Mysterio. Nothing against the cool. Like, listen, Rey Mysterio and Dominic doing the double six one nine, doing all that stuff was neat. I'll give it to you. That was cool. But I can't. I can't. Just on my own principle of just, I hate. I hate how they book Brock, and I hate Brock in the title in the being the 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 ultimate boss fight of WWE. And I hate the cycle that always happens where it's like Brock is on top, someone slays Brock. Brock gets it back, someone slays Brock. Brock gets it back. It's always Brock gets it back. Brock gets it back. Brock is always champion. Death taxes Brock Lesnar as a champion in WWE. That's it. I and I hate it. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm so unbelievably over it that I'm not even going to give a Brock match at time of day anymore. I mean, I agree. I, I think Brock Lenzer as a character is tough to write for because he's this overpowering guy and the overpowering guy for a certain extent probably should have the title. I think Brock, when he's motivated, he's kind of like a Randy Orton type when he's motivated and stuff, he can have great matches. This match was okay. It wasn't as good as the Daniel Bryan last year or the AJ Styles before, but it was a good match. Um, like we said, the family intrication, the pipe that, that was involved was kind of good. That's double 619. I didn't like how they made fun of AEW, but I think they should have just done it. Um, I thought it was, it, it was just sort of like it's the hardest part about rock matches is that like, and Rey Mysterio is a great person that sort of exemplifies that thing is that Rey Mysterio is the ultimate underdog and you really fall in love with Rey Mysterio and then you fall in love with the idea that he might win this match and he has the numbers, he has the pipe, he has the advantage and then Brock wins and he deflates you. It doesn't, and you might agree with this, it no longer makes me heated at Brock, It just I'm just deflated. Where and that's how I, I feel. It's like whenever Brock walks out with the championship, I'm just like, and all of my excitement for this pay-per-view is gone. Whatever matches after this, I immediately care way less about because I know it doesn't make a fucking difference. And WWE is going to keep doing the same thing they always do. No matter how much they say they're going to listen to us, they never fucking will. It's just, it's tough. It's, it's, it's a tough one. And I'm not, wholly on board with it all but i think it, i i think if you're gonna book it and if you if he was available if we if we had this match mikey and uh, we would one 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 thing that we've learned from doing hit the books for so long is that there is something to just making your thing exciting and doing something that could be really exciting move and can get you really good story stuff opportunities 
But there's always something to just going people's expectations and being like, yeah. Don't what like that. what would have been awesome to me is that Rey Mysterio gets involved, Dominic gets involved, Kane Velasquez gets involved. Rey Mysterio. I think wins that's the what title. I think that's what they're waiting for. They I wait, mean, they want they want well, I guess after the Raw tonight spoilers, Rey Mysterio wins the United States Championship. So they're not doing that. So they're not doing that. But that's what I figured was happening, I guess, after Brock won. I was like, oh, they're waiting for Kane to come back. And once Kane comes back, then he's going to it's gonna be Brock and Ray one more time, and Kane's going to be the deciding factor to get Ray to the WWE Championship again. But but I don't think that's going to happen anymore, sadly. No. I think maybe we'll, Kane will eventually win it off of Brock. I think maybe that's what they're planning. Kane's just doing some training or Which whatever. also ridiculous because not not anything against Kane Velasquez, but like, there are these guys that have been working with you for years and years and years and years and years and haven't even got a taste of that title. And you're like, oh, Cain Velasquez, look, you show up, you're brand new, you've never wrestled before, and here's your shot at the title. Like, what the fuck is that shit? Yeah. Like, stop. Stop. There, There is something to... They're so, they're so concerned with bringing new people in, but they don't give a shit about the people that are already here and that have been they- here. This is part of my diatribe about the ratings and why the ratings are so more important. Because a lot of people on the internet uh, devalue the ratings, and I think they need to ignore that because a lot of their complaints about WWE as, at large are mainly in the concept of the same, looking at the ratings. So looking at the ratings of Raw and SmackDown and the WWE product, Mikey, they're, one of their bigger audiences is what demographic? Quiz, that's what, quiz for Mikey. What demographic is the one of the bigger audiences for WWE currently. It's either guys our age or children. No, incorrect. Really? 50 plus. 50 plus really? is the is usually the bigger demographic. Wow. That I would not have expected. Um I mean look at uh, NXT versus AEW last week. NXT beat AEW in the demos. And in, in, mm-hmm. in sorry, in the overall uh um um, viewers watched or whatever. AEW beat them in every single demo except for 50 plus. 50 plus is like where Raw and SmackDown shine, and they're that's where their viewers come from. Is from these 50 plus people. It's from these old timers that remember Stone Cold, that remember Brock, that remember Undertaker, that remember John Cena, that remember The Rock. That is the reason why all of these people constantly are coming back is to appease the old timers. Not just Vince McMahon. We're not appeasing Vince McMahon. We're appeasing the old people that watch the show. That remember all these people back when I watched them when they were younger. We have to showcase these smaller guys, but like your big guys will always, your part-timers and all these things will always be more important because that's too important to your bigger audience of 50+. plus. Um, plus, you're talking about commercials and stuff and you want to keep those numbers and keep commercials coming in and you got to keep them in somehow. So they're scr- stuck. Um, they're not a cool product because obviously they're who the, the people they're favoring towards are the older crowd. So it doesn't feel cool because it's not for hip young teens. If it was for hip young teens, I mean, Raymond here is kind of old, but he would still, we would all love it. If they put the title on, look at our show, our show for hit the books is written from the perspective of hip young teens, 20 year olds, 
or writing writing SmackDown Live, who are our champions? We have, for Christ's sakes, we have uh, Kofi Kingston, Shayna Baszler, AJ Styles, The Pure. Shayna Baszler, put the title on her. AJ Styles is the oldest guy of the bunch, probably. Kofi Kingston, still pretty hip. The Pure, The Revival, still pretty hip. You know, we're looking at, you know, long, long, long-term booking, you know, We've got we've got plans for these titles and stuff, but like we're booking it from perspective. We have the whole future stars opportunity where we want to put over and make bigger, younger stars because we are trying to serve the younger audience, not the fifty year olds. And I think mm. that's the difference between our writing style, obviously, versus the current writing style. Is that the writing style is for the older generation, not the younger generation? And that's why Brock Lenzer continues to be the WWE champion and continues to be the champion because that is who the older audience wants to see. They want to see young people. We would see young people. We would see the jungle boys in the world wrestle, but we don't. We're, if we, we wanted to, we would jungle go to boys AEW. And the Janellas and the... Yeah. And that is why AEW, they're pushing all these younger crowds because their audience is the younger crowd. Is mm-hmm. is 18 to 40, you know, 18 to 32 or whatever. But yeah, that's my diatribe of the ratings. But let's get into the final match, which was like you talked about that you wanted to skip over into, which was the Shayna Baszler winning the triple threat match between Becky Lynch and Bailey. Um, you talk about this as a negative Mikey about how this match ended with Baszler winning, which is awesome. But Becky Lynch standing on top after the match. You want to talk about it a little bit more? Yeah, uh, this match was fine. Um, I like Shayna Baszler tapping out Bailey. That was very interesting. That was a very cool ending. That was a very good way to get Shayna over. Um, Becky wasn't in this match as much as I thought she was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, I don't agree with NXT not standing tall. I thought it was weird. Uh, I thought it felt out of place, and I just thought it felt a little, honestly, a little petty on Vince's part. <laughs> that NXT got more wins than Raw and SmackDown combined. I feel like he felt a little pet. He felt a little salty. He wanted to put over NXT as his dominant brand of the night, but he couldn't end the night with NXT. Yeah, the writers or whatever. Whoever whoever made those decisions, whoever made those decisions, were like, "We're not gonna have NXT be on top." Yeah, which is upsetting because it's like you know they win the night, but then because if they did, like if if they if NXT won the night and if NXT stood tall at the end of the day. And Becky didn't do that attack. Seth's speech tonight about everyone sucking would have hit so much harder. Yeah, I would say so. But no, that didn't happen. Or, conversely as well, because people will be more God interested forbid, in watching. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, what I was going to say was that do what you talk about. Is end and match, have Triple H come out, and really talk about like, you just saw the domination, the new brand become the new A show, the new major brand, and have them Triple H bring out all the guys, bring out all the girls of NXT. It's like the Tommaso Ciampa line, right? Where he, where it was Tommaso Ciampa came out when the OC showed up on NXT, and he was like, "Hey guys, welcome to the main roster." Exactly, we are the main roster. We are the A show. We are what we talk about. We are NXT. See it. We'll see you Wednesday nights. 
mm-hmm. and the show that you're, the whole point of this weekend should have been building up NXT, which it was. It was just it deflated that by having Becky stand tall. Because God forbid Becky doesn't stand tall. And this isn't a knock on Becky. We both love Becky. No. Yeah, no, Becky's great. It's just the, the, the way problem. they're booking her is like, I get you want to do the man. I get you want her to be cool and like badass and like Stone Cold like. But sometimes those people got to take a hit. Like, mm-hmm. they don't yeah. always have to be the top dog. They don't always have to be standing tall. Like, they were like Stone Cold never like didn't always stand tall. Like he had his moments where he got taken down. Like that ha- like that shit happens to people. That's what builds character. That's what makes them cooler. Mm-hmm. That's what we like to see. We don't like because now you're making Becky. Now you're making Becky Lynch the new Roman. Yeah, it, 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 what we talked about shoving people down each other's throats, um, and we're definitely getting to that that that's that moment in the show. Where we're getting like into the we the latter half of the show of Survivor Series, which didn't like too much. We're getting to the more of the critical side of stuff, but it definitely was this thing about like, talking about shoving people down your throat. That felt like a shove down your throat moment of like Becky mm-hmm. Lynch, Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch. Yeah, and when, if, when if, you just wanted to be like, but Baszler won, but NXT though. And think about it if you just re- if you just left Baszler on top nxt come out we'll see you wednesday nights when baszler shows up becky lynch is like i want you i want to i want to beat you you did you because becky's de- defended because she didn't tap out bailey did mm-hmm. but becky is like i want this person i want to i want i want to get my revenge yeah. bailey would want the same thing but yeah, you know it just feels weird yeah it's just sort of like, and I think people agree. I would, I would honestly, like, based on what I saw in the internet reaction, I think people sort of agree with that. I think, uh, not to speak on the world at large, but it's just sort of something like, are we sure about this one, guys? I mean, WWE can, always does this shit. They always have like a pretty decent to good show, but they can never finish it off. They always fuck up the ending somehow, and that's what I think makes everyone not want to tune in because. Every time I watch a WWE pay-per-view, I'm like, in, I'm like, honestly, I was enjoying Survivor Series. And then Becky beating up Basil had the bad taste in my mouth, and I went to bed upset. Well, also the Brock thing. That is separate. That always makes me pissed off. Because at this point, I've come to expect that Brock's going to win some title or defend the title at a pay-per-view, period. Like, I... It's rough. It's rough. And it's a sad ending to the show, but it's a sad ending to Survivor Series. I gave this match... Uh, what was it? Two and a quarter stars. I, I to talk about the match critically as well, not just like the booking decisions, the creative decisions. But I thought this match was eighteen minutes long. We could have cut five minutes out of this. Uh, the Fiend Bray Wyatt Daniel Bryan. The Fiend Bray Wyatt was ten minutes. The Brock and Rey Mysterio match was seven. Adam Cole Pete Dunn was fourteen. This match was eighteen minutes. It didn't have to be eighteen minutes. It felt like it dragged. Um, yeah, it felt long, and it was a drag. <laughs> yeah, uh, it but was, it was just it like it was not fun to watch. It was, and it also doesn't help that the show, the middle of the show, it gets exciting, and then when it starts dragging the middle at the near the end, and my energy is dying as well because it's a long, it's it's an endurance process as well, right? Yeah, it just sucked, especially like. The last two matches back to back really just killed the whole energy of so like I was I was like I was I was into Survivor Series and I was liking it. I was pumped that Keith Lee got put over. I was pumped that Keith Lee was looking good. And then Brock Lesnar happened. Um like 
uh, I was like, all right, whatever. It's Brock. Of course they're going to do it. Of course. And then this match happened, and I was like, all right. Yeah, it's just, you know, they the crowd's dying. You're losing people. The, the crowd from- was de- Did you notice that the crowd was absolutely fucking silent this match? Yeah, it, it was a little bit of a boring match. We're all tired from what's happened in this show. Because they've been Everyone's sitting exhausted there for because Brock still has the WWE Championship. Yeah, they're, ex- they're they lo- they feel deflated after that match. They, it really was annoying too because they popped hard for when Ray and Dominic did the thing. They popped hard and they were like, "Oh my God, Ray's going to do it!" Mm-hmm. And then as soon as Brock pinned Ray, everyone was just like, "And we're done." And what the problem is is like it's like people- the air got knocked out of the room. Like exactly, that. like exactly. They were, they were getting tired already. Ray Mysterio would have that would have popped them huge if Ray Mysterio won it. Um, and then end the night with Baszler winning and NXT being like, yeah, see us, see you on Wednesdays. And then the, and then the entire crowd is chanting NXT, NXT. NXT if you make NXT, a quick NXT, match, yeah. like cut five minutes out of it, make a 13 minute match. Um, I, I think it would have been a better ending. I think this all ending as a whole could have been better. I think it, a deflating moment followed by a long dragged out match makes a little bit of deflating uh, Survivor Series as a whole. Yeah. Um, again, two and a, two and a quarter stars. But that's our review. That's our review of War Games and Survivor Series. Mikey, we talked about it. We talked about it. we did the shows. Um, you know, like we said, it was a good. It was fine or whatever. Uh, we will see you all next time. Next time we review, which will probably be an all elite wrestling review, most likely in February. No, January will be Royal Rumble. So we'll see you oh, next. There we go. We'll see you next see you in our next Rumble. review in January at the Royal Rumble, unless we decide to review Wrestle Kingdom which or TLC. Be. But well, TLC is on a big five. TLC would have to be. We only reviewed the non big fives. We're hyped about the cards. Yeah, that's true. But there's also January fourth and fifth, which is Wrestle Kingdom. I, I, I guess we'll have to see what TLC is all about. Yeah, but we'll talk about it. So uh, until then, if you want more of that, if you want to stay tuned for possible TLC, possible Wrestle Kingdom, but definitely Royal Rumble, then I would suggest subscribing to the podcast feed of your choice so that you can get the more shows like this in your feed. Of course, you can also see the show on YouTube, like you're already watching it. If you are, hit the books YouTube, hit the books podcast on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at hit the books pod and leave a review if you like this content and we would greatly appreciate it. And like I said, definitely consider subscribing to get more uh, stuff like this. Um, Mikey, uh, we're done. We're done. Out of here. War Games Survivor Series. On a high note, Mikey, uh, hit me with the highest note you got. Ah! Nailed it. Uh, And for that, Mikey, for Mikey, I am Ryan. With that, everybody, have a nice day. Don't tell me!